and this in 2020 for sports, you know, I mean, and just take like college football, like one of the biggest money making sports, you know, in the country that it's like you still can't get a good amount of black men that they feel are qualified to lead other black men. What's up, y'all? You're listening to Thorn in My Side, and I'm your host, Asa Featherstone the Fourth. Yo, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty tired today. I'm coming back from an all-day shoot, straight to editing this episode so I can get it uploaded in time, because I think it's worth it. We got a really good one today. I know I say that all the time, but I mean it. This episode, I spoke with Marcus Matthews, who's the head of social for The Undefeated, which is an offset of ESPN that explores the intersection between sports, race, and culture. It's not often I get to talk about sports, so today is kind of a treat for me. We get to see a lot of what athletes are doing on the forefront, because it's their outspoken and their faces. But with this, we got to talk a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes and how uh, writers and publications kind of respond or are proactive to a lot of the initiatives in regards to race and culture. And don't worry, you don't have to be some like sports fan or guru to pick up on the stuff that we're talking about. All of it's relevant, but uh, I'll be able to add context where I can. So without further ado, appreciate y'all listening. Let's jump in. So Marcus, I appreciate you coming along, being able to just have this conversation. Um, yeah, no problem. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Um, so where are you? Where are you from? So um, I'm, I'm from the D, uh, D.C. area, uh, grew up in Maryland, pretty much. If, you, if you're if familiar with the area and you know what the Redskins or the, the Washington football team stadium is, I pretty much grew right up the street um, um, in the Landover, Glen Allen area, um, known for like uh, the likes of Sugar Ray Leonard, came out from that area, Martin Lawrence. So I'm from that, from that area. Right now, um, I'm living out in Clinton, not too far from the MGM casino that just opened up recently out here um so yeah so um pretty much been here for my the majority of my life uh, minus the the what, 11 years i spent in bristol um working for espn so um so now i'm back back home i was and i heard that you were <laughs> you made a little mistake earlier you were uh you still getting used to the name but uh, <laughs> you know what to be honest with you that's the first time I think I made that mistake, especially like doing like an interview or anything like that. It's like I, I've been so used to calling the Washington football team for so long and been laughing at people on TV when they make the mistake. And now I just made the mistake. So, <laughs> so, so did no, you, one, no, one, no one's perfect. So. Right. Did you have to get new merch or anything or you still got all your old gear? No, I mean, I still have all my old gear. I mean, but to be honest with you, I think since since the whole Kaepernick situation, I kind of soured, you know, a little bit on the NFL. Uh, well, I soured a lot on the NFL as far as how much of a junkie I used to be. I mean, I used to buy like jerseys and go to games, all you know, all that type of stuff. And like since 2016, I've gone to a couple of games, but you know, not as as frequent as I used to. And I haven't bought any like merchandise. Um, and so I, I was thinking about buying, you know, something for you know the Washington football team since you know. It, it is like a unique season, but it seems like they might keep that name now. So, you know, I don't know, but I haven't, I haven't bought anything in a while, to be honest with you. Right. I feel, yeah, it's kind of, you're like in a, a weird waiting period because they're still trying to figure out whether they're going to keep this long term or what. So, yeah, because it, it, I mean, it's like, I, 
it's like I, I was never one of those people who were for or against it. I'm like, if 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 there's if there's a certain community that feels that they are slighted by the name, I'm fine with changing the name. Like growing up in this area, it was never really portrayed as like a negative stereotype outside of just what the name itself is. Um, and so like, you know, growing up, I never really looked at them, you know, looked at the name, you know, in a negative, you know, connotation that way. And, you know, just until recent years, you know, where it became a really a big, you know, political and national issue, uh, really started, you know, really thinking hard on it. And, you know, I was like, you know, they need to change the name. The team is still the same. The team is still going to be here. I'm cool with it. Um, and, you know, every time, you know, a team changes the name, it's always some uproar. Oh, that name sucks. And how you do that? <laughs> like, I remember the same thing happened with um, the Pelicans when they when they right. changed from um, or the Hornets and then they gave the Hornets back to Charlotte. But, you know, when they changed to the Pelicans and people didn't really know the history of New Orleans and the, the Gulf and Pelicans and stuff like that. So, everyone was, oh, that's a crazy name. They don't have nothing to do with New Orleans. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But now it's like it's like, you know, secondary, you know, you don't, you don't even think that much about the Pelicans being being connected to New Orleans or whatever. So, I mean, I figured that, you know, as soon as we got into the season, it will grow on people as, as it always does. It's, it's like in it, the, the, the contingent that still supports the team here. It's like, it's, it's, it's half of them are like, okay, we're, we're used to the name by now. We're cool. Another half are like, oh, this name is too plain. We, we, we still need a new name. So on and so on. I'm like, man, man whatever. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I just want a competitive team on the field every year. That's all I ask for. <laughs> and all the other stuff, oh, I'm good. Yeah, it don't change the performance. The performance is still going to be the same. So, you know, you still got a team. So, I mean, big sports fan, obviously, and you're actually working in sports right now, right? Can you tell me a little bit more just to give us some context on um, the the organization you're with is The Undefeated, correct? Correct. So the the Undefeated is a digital site that is um, owned by Disney, but mainly connected to ESPN. Um, and it's basically focused on the intersection of sports, race, and culture. So you, while while sports is our foothold, we still, you know, delve into um, things that are kind of on the sidelines. or well, not sidelines, but it's kind of outside of what the X's and O's and game results are. So like social justice and, you know, like how that plays a part and what, what athletes are doing in their communities to uh, to positively affect their communities and tell their stories is kind of a lot of stuff that we kind of focus on. Um, and then also we we have a big HBCU vertical, uplift vertical, um, and culture. So you know, like we we kind of do a lot. So we, we're not. So we do we like the cornerstone is sports, but we kind of really really kind of cover all that. You know, people that look like uh, you know you and I, you know, are pretty much interested in the stories that we would like to see, you know, told about us in the authentic way. Mm. And, do, and do you know if that, um, like, how new is this, The Undefeated? Has it been around yeah, so, so So we launched in 2016. Okay. Um, it was supposed to launch before that, but, like, you know, like, like we're still relatively new. Um, and, and it was pretty much the result of a um, kind of a, a, a brainchild of, you know, our former um, CEO, um, John Skipper, who kind of, wanted to have a platform at the network that kind of was a home to like some of the best journalist, black journalists in the country and be able to tell the stories that, you know, we may have not been equipped to tell at ESPN throughout the years. And um, it's, it's funny because working on the social side, it's just that, you know, I, I've been at ESPN since 2005. And a lot of times when you have 
stories come up that affects the black community, they will often get ignored. And so like a lot of, you know, the, the, the black employees there was like, I wish we could have, you know, tell certain stories that we, we pitched in meetings that kind of fell, you know, on the floor that people just weren't really interested in. But we knew we were interested in it. We knew that there was an audience that would be interested in it. But, you know, the powers that be didn't believe, you know, that these stories needed to be told. And I think, you know, uh, John Skipper kind of saw that and, like, wanted to kind of re- replace that hole or replace that that sort of, I guess, thought process. So when we would have, like, a Trayvon, like Trayvon Martin situation, when stuff like that go went went down at, at ESPN, it was like the the director was like, okay, in social, let's not let, let's stay away from that. Let's not even post anything for a couple mm. of hours. Let's let let's let things die down. Whereas the undefeated, like when stuff happens like that, as you see, like this past summer with like Ahmaud Arbery and um, George Floyd, it's just like you know when stuff like that goes down, that directly affects the black community. We have a voice and. All, and and all of that gets amplified by what we do at the undefeated. Mm. That's really interesting. So you guys, it's, yeah, there's a there's a, simple, a different approach. You guys are actually holding your gaze on these moments rather than just kind of waiting for it to chill out. So yeah, yeah, we, we don't we don't wait around. You know, we 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 take the ball and run with it. We don't we don't wait for the ball to be, be handed to us. Right. And and we, and we've been doing it. You know, like I said, since 2016. It's like I start kind of a little bit. We we launched in May of 2016 and so i think kaepernick started his movement um that preseason, which was probably like what august mm-hmm. and so like since then we've been like kind of like full bore in the sports um kind of activism lane and and social justice and you know everything that en- encompasses what black folks are going through on a daily basis and so like you know like this year which was a, the the craziest year ever mm-hmm. you know right and so like but you know from a standpoint when when COVID hit and then, you know, when that snowballed into, um, you know, kind of the the national and world uprising, you know, over what happened with George Floyd. It's just like, you know, we didn't have to like sit and like, oh, oh God, how are we going to attack this? Like, this is what we do. This is what we've been doing since day one. So it's just we were already, you know, trained to like, like take the ball and run with it. Yeah, I, I think that that's like and it's almost become like expected now. Like when I'm thinking and I'm listening and hearing uh, new sports stories. I think, um, I think now, thanks to what you guys have been doing, there's almost an expectation that there is going to be some sort of social conversation or discourse that's happening around it. So, and that's really great to see that shift within like four years. It's really yeah, great. and it, it's crazy because I mean, I think it took it took what happened to George Floyd to kind of cause that shift, and it's like, to be honest with you, it's like when you see everyone kind of jumping on board now it, it feels a little dis, disingenuous mm. you know so to speak because it's just like are you doing this just to make you know your brand look good or you are really about you know the messaging and what people are you know protesting and yelling about in the streets and you know i think you know if you are a consumer of content then you know you know what's the real and what's the fake and you know who's just posturing and who's really about that life um, and so, you know, I mean, I, I feel like we never have to worry about, you know, the negative portions of that, because mm. I think like we've been, you know, eat, sleep and breathing this, you know, like I said, from day one. And it's like if you if you just look on our site and just go back, it's just like you you you, you cannot find you cannot not find, you know, anything that pertains to what has gone down this year of, of us not reporting on it, you know, previously. 
you know, in years past and, and kind of just how, how it affects, you know, our community. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it too, um, comes from the inside. Like you gotta, like you, you can tell that somebody's really, really about it if they're doing a lot of work on the inside. Like you can right. tell when a lot of organizations, like, like you said, there was a huge, just like surgence of people just talking about Black Lives Matter and all these things. And they were kind of spitting and spewing the, you know, the catchphrases and the things that like look good on the surface to get you, um, to get you sort of that notoriety in the short term. But I think the difference from the inside is like what y'all are doing, like y'all, again, like you said, y'all are living it too. So this this has right. to come from an authentic place. It's not for show, like you see in a lot of other, other spaces. And I think that's the key difference between um, uh, who's, you know, who's going to last in this. Like you'll you'll see by next year who's still talking about this and who's not to see who's really right. about it. So Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of left the TV side at ESPN and kind of moved over to more so to the digital social content side because, well, A, Number one, I did it because, you know, it's I, I felt like the the industry was moving more so toward that and away from linear. And, you know, as you can see now, everyone in linear is scratching their heads trying to, you know, find out how to attract, you know, these consumers who are, you know, digital and social first and not sitting at home, you know, tuning in, you know, doing appointment, you know, viewing television. And then another thing was just like, you know, like, I would have been a fool to like kind of turn down an opportunity or not be interested in the opportunity because, you know, if, if you, if I, if me and like the rest of my black coworkers who've been having these conversations and kind of saying, we wish this, we wish that we want this, we want that. And then when the opportunity presents itself, you know, and they had those conversations throughout the years. And then when the opportunity presents itself to actually do it and make a difference and, and make an, make an impact in, in that type of coverage, it's like I it's like I have to I have to be a part of it. And you know, and then it was sweet because the undefeated is based in DC, so I got to come back, you know, home. So, you know, I mean, it was kind of like it was the perfect opportunity for me. Right. Right. And so I wanna um before we dig even deeper in that, I wanna hold our hold our gaze for a second on that moment kind of before the undefeated was started when you're at ESPN. And you were saying earlier that some of those conversations that when social things were happening, they weren't like the stories weren't getting picked up and things of that nature. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience working within ESPN before this undefeated branched out? What was that like for you? Um, I mean, it was frustrating at times. It was also promising at times. I mean, I think you know, like my experience at the at the network. I've I've worked on Sports Center. I've worked on. The NBA studio uh, project for a couple of seasons. I worked on OTL. I worked on ESPN News. Kind of just kind of was like bouncing around, you know, you know, all over the place. And I just, you know, to be honest with you, I really didn't really find like my my legs there until um, I kind of became a second producer for First Take. For those who don't know, uh, First Take is ESPN's like flagship show. Uh, they've had a few changes in co-hosts every now and then, but the main one who's stuck around and who is most memorable would be Stephen A. Smith. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Yeah, that guy. So it's a pretty big deal. Okay. And mm. then back then, first take was, had just like kind of transitioned from being cold pizza to first take and you know first take was really it was really like a good morning america for sports right so kind of a sports variety show um you know real like you know sec like segments where you try to have fun but like not not like 
like kind of just like inside football segments and then kind of direction changed and I started producing segments with the analysts and stuff like that. And then once social blew up and it, it was just like, okay, well, we really need to be, you know, on top of like this social media explosion and find out the best ways to, to, um, you know, engage our fan base, you know, in it the right way. And so I was one of the first people that they, um, I mean, I, I was one of the first, I was one of the members of the first uh, social integration team that they formed mm. to kind of find the, 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 the grow shows, um, you know, from a social standpoint and just kind of be the voice for the show. Like when the show wasn't on the air um, and then just try out different, you know, devices, you know, in social to, to execute on air. And so that's when I really kind of really just started to like feel like, okay, I'm serving a purpose here. I feel like I'm really contributing and I feel like, you know, I'm being noticed, you know, and I really don't think I had that consistently, you know, to that, to that point. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's just why like ESPN is a, is ESPN is a huge place, you know, and then, and then like, you know, in the industry, in the sports industry, in the ESPN, you know, if it's not now, it's like, then it was still known as like, you know, the place you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I came, so before ESPN, I was at BET. So to come from a like completely black operation, to, you know, ESPN, which is like, you know, it's, it's only a handful, you know, blacks that, you know, you're working with every day. It's, it's you know, it's, 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 a, it's a hell of a culture shock. Not to mention that if you're from like the the, the D.C. area and you live in the Connecticut, it's right. like you, you're dealing with a whole lot of other stuff that, you know, was like, you know, not really that conducive, you know, for, for black folks mm-hmm. to, 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 to thrive. Right. Um. So, you know, it, it, took, it took it took a little while to really get my feet, you know, you know, going in the right direction there. And then just, you know, mentally, you know, trying to like stay the course and, you know, stick it out. And, you know, when you see people that you, you know, you're more talented, you know, you're more talented than and see them get promoted and things of that nature and just try to, you know, just keep fighting the good fight to actually, you know, see yourself, you know, come to fruition one day. Um, so it's, it's been a challenge. Like I said, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been a part of ESPN um, for 15 years, um, 11, you know, on the TV side, forward to undefeated. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been a roller coaster, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely at the, the high point of it now. Yeah. I think that um, you bring up a, an interesting point that I think about often, and I may be digging deep with this, but I always think it's, it's interesting to see with um, sports media how – they, um, like you said, like they're, you know, Connecticut's primarily like a primarily like a white uh, workforce and a lot of um, uh, white people are there. And there's only very few people of color who are in the mix, having conversations and even leading leading discussions and even being on television. And it's, it's interesting to me to see that a lot of the things that they're commenting on is an analysis, a deep analysis of um, athletes which depending on the sport, you think football, basketball, what, whatever, um, are primarily led by black athletes. And it's really interesting to see that, that image of the non-athlete media folks commenting and sort of judging these performers. I can't remember who said the quote about it, but I think athletes have said it in the, in the past. It's, um, you know, even though the sports sports world is heavily dominated by black people and black individuals. The ownership and the people in the office and the people making the most money are always the, the white individuals. And so it seems like um, there's this complex of 
still like, you know, people call it modern day slavery if they want to go down that route. But I wanted to know, right. like, you know, if you had any thoughts on that sort of perspective, either in just from being within that media realm. I mean, to be honest, that's that's corporate America, corporate America period. You mm-hmm. know, so um, like to see it play out in sports, it's it's in 2020, it's a head scratcher, you know, to be honest with you. But it's like. I don't think it's I don't think it's just a sports media thing. I think it's it's a huge sports issue, you know, in general. Like you mentioned the lack of minorities and front office positions, you know, whether you know from from the coach to GMs, you know, to you know vice presidents and things of that nature are still, you know, are very minute. You look at college football where it's what like 300 some uh division 1 programs that are staffed by mainly African Americans, mm. and it's only it's only like eleven head coaches, which is like, I think like eight percent, you know, wow. of the you know the work. That, that's crazy. Yeah. Like think about that. That's that's crazy. Like, like, and this in twenty twenty, for sports, you know, I mean, and just take like college football, like one of the biggest money making sports, you know, in the country. Mm-hmm. That it's like you still can't get a good amount of black men that they feel are qualified to lead other black men you know, in these positions. And I think that's one thing that kind of this summer, um, but, you know, that kind of thing that happened like this summer with George Floyd, it's like, well, okay, let's see how, let's see what coaches are speaking out, you know, mm. about what's going on. And like, what what are these white coaches like Nick Saban and, you know, the the, LS, the LSU coach uh, and, and you know, like other coaches, you know, like what, like that are always like benefiting from these black players and getting making them rich, but it's like, what are y'all like? What are you like? How are y'all really directing? You know these these kids and this time and this pivotal time in our country, and it's like, or, or are you guys relying on you know your your assistants who are black mm. to kind of deliver those messages and you just be the front facing you know you know you know entity of of their program whatever. So I mean, I, I, I and I think because and I think when you didn't hear a lot from those, you know big coaches, big name coaches, it's, it said a lot, you know, about, you know, what these, what these players um, are dealing with. And that, and I think that helped lead kind of the resurgence of, you know, these top athletes starting to choose HBCUs more because, you know, you want to go where, you know, you can relate to, you know, the figureheads and, you know, know that they have your best interests, you know, at heart than just, you know, being like, you know, a cog, you know, and, and, and me getting my, 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 million dollar contract right and so do you do you think i mean so do you feel like that's like the only solution or do you feel like there's been a shift in sort of that that perception that we're kind of talking about or do you think the only solution is in order to change that system is to like go and and enroll into other different types of schools and things of that nature i mean i i think going back to support your own is one way mm-hmm. um but I, I i still think like even like if, if if you have D one talent and you have a good chance to go to the pros, like I'm not saying you should pick Alabama A and M over Alabama, right? You know, like like pick pick the best situation that's going to prepare you for the next level. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm saying I'm not saying Alabama A and M can't do the same thing as Alabama, but Alabama has more resources, so forth and so on. But you know, I mean. I would I would think you would would have visited both to see like what fits you know your choice or whatever. So I'm just saying just don't rule out HBCUs you know as that 
as that you know option. But I mean, if you look at like kind of like on the executive level, so to speak, it's just like you know, I think maybe it's going to take like a player walkout, you know. But it, but and then it's like you saw like over the summer, like these players forming their their own unions, like, yeah. like they did it, you know, and, and kind of speaking out of you know when it. I think one one union that was formed was around uh, the, the coronavirus, you know, situation, and then another union was found out. I think about Pac-10 players about the lack of my, you know, minority, you know, representation and stuff like that. You know, it's just like it's going to take more of that, you mm-hmm. know, to really get the attention and really for the people that make these decisions to really, you know, oh, like maybe we need to start listening to these people. Maybe we need to start putting people that look like them, you know, in figurehead positions or it's going to be, you know, consequences. As long as there's no consequences, why, why, why would people change the way things are now? Yeah, that's you know, true. So you, you you have to pull some, some sort of consequence. Yeah, you got to put their backs against the wall so they got Right, exactly, exactly. Because mm-hmm. if not, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, you growing up and you getting scolded by your parents, you know, mm-hmm. if you act up and you don't get punished, you gonna keep acting up, right? You know? You're gonna keep doing what you're gonna do until somebody, you know, step in and be like, look, man, look, I'm gonna take your PS5 away or whatever, whatever. <laughs> right. Or you know, or or, or or the 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 Jordans that's coming out, the Jubilees, the Kobe Grinches, nah, you, yeah. you nah. You're done. You're done. He's like, oh man, oh, I need to, you know, I need to set myself straight. Right. Because if not, I can't enjoy the, you know, the benefits of, you know, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard too, because I think a lot, um, a lot of it people are fearful even like people are fearful of losing control like the people that are in power right now who are kind of running the shows and running these organizations they i feel like there's like they don't understand that we're not trying to take nothing away from anybody at the top we just trying to make it so everybody's got a fair chance and everybody yeah, we, just wanna, we just want to sit at the table just like everyone else exactly. everyone else that, they, that look like them gets a seat at the table right and that's and that's not a big ask mm-hmm. to be yeah. honest with you yeah, we just yeah, we just want to be in a conversation with y'all. Like we're not trying to take anything away. We're not trying to be at a higher tier level than anybody else. We just want an equal playing field. You know, one of the things I was thinking about too is I wonder if um you are talking about like if if so right now I think a lot of people are talking about sports being kind of um like player led industries. How much of a role do they play in the decisions and things that you guys in the media are making? Because you were talking earlier, I think around 2016 is when y'all started the Undefeated, which is similarly mm. around the time Colin Kaepernick started um, the movement that he began. And so I right. wonder if, like, how do you guys operate? Is it is it player-led? Do you guys have your initiatives? What's that like? I mean, from a content standpoint, like, as long as we are in the lane of sports racing culture, then that's how we, that's how we attack, you know, and go after our stories. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for us that Kaepernick did what he did and which coincided, you know, with our launch and things of that nature. But I mean, it's like, we still have to go out and report on a daily basis, mm. you know? So, you know, so it's like, it's stories out there. You just have to find the stories, you know? So we have to do our due diligence, you know, as, you know, journalists to go out and cover the stories that we feel, impact the audience we're trying to attract right so you know i think it's enough stories out there that you don't have to sit and rely on kaepernick you know sparking his movement or 
LeBron and Patrick Mahomes and other athletes teaming up to um, encourage voting, you know, you know, around the nation and country. Um, I think, you know, those, those are kind of icing on the cake. Right. But I mean, as long as you're out, you know, building the, building the, the cake, you know, on a regular basis, then, you know, you're, you're, you're doing, you know, your, your service to your community and your, your, your fan base. And I believe that, you know, we, we've done that, you know, and it, I mean, it's like, in that, you know, like, not all our content is like, that's, you know, as serious, you know, as that, but I mean, it's just like, I think all of us that kind of make up the undefeated, it's like, we feel we have a pretty good idea of what we like to see mm-hmm. and how we would like to see it. And so that's the kind of way that we attack, you know, our coverage, our presentation, whether it be social, whether it be digital on the site, whether it be specials that we have on ESPN. If you look at our specials on ESPN and then you look at other specials, like they don't look anything out like the ones that we do. And right. that's the reason. Like, like, and, and we don't want to produce stuff that looks exactly like ESPN. Cause we're not we're not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we and I don't, and I don't want and it's like, you know, like when Jason Whitlock was supposed to lead the undefeated, he was saying he's gonna build like a black Grantland. It's like, no, we're not a black Grantland. Like, you know, like that's that's Grantland was cool for what it was, you know, and in the lanes that they touched, but that's not what we do. Right. And I and I think like, you know, like if you look at what we've done four years down from like town halls on um Chicago violence to um hosting um uh, President Obama for two town halls, um to to the many specials we've had so far. I mean, I I, I think we we've done we, I think we've we've checked the box on our mission statement. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think I would have to agree. Some of the things that I picked up on when I was looking at what you guys do is that, which I applaud, is that y'all are not reactive. So it's not like y'all are just responding to a moment. You really are, um, you are a cultural hub. So you guys are like a movement. So people can look to you and the things that you're producing just to be informed on like the everyday. And it just happens to be the intersection between race, culture and sports. So it's not like you only hear from you guys when, you know, the, the stuff with George Floyd happens, or you only hear it when like, you know, like you say, LeBron makes a big statement. You guys right. have your own series of content. I think you guys even, there was like a cool, um, uh, I was trying to remember what it was, what the series is called, but you guys did like a series of like poems, like video poems, about yeah what uh, what Kwame Alexander yeah yeah I think the videos we're referencing are from the undefeated video series that they did online a little bit ago it was called the Black History Month Poetic Tribute uh they did a lot of videos that covered a variety of top-notch athletes I think they're really cool y'all should have checked them out anyway here we go yeah those are really great and I think there wasn't like a specific it wasn't um like a call or a response to anything in particular, you were just right. telling the story of said athlete, which was really beautiful. So, right, and and even even with the kind of divide that you know was, you know, up in arms with the police and you know black folks, it's like we we've been reporting on that you know for years, and we mm-hmm. even had like a series dedicated to like the the complicated you know relationship between the police and blacks and blacks that work for the police. And, you know, right. you know, and that we, we, we did that, you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, I, you know, that now was coming to the national forefront where people need that are starting to have a conversation, but like, we've been having these conversations. 
So like I said, it's like we don't really sit back and wait for somebody to do something. We, you know, be proactive. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when stuff does pop up, it's like, okay, well, you know, here's here's the content offering that you may have missed, you know, but, you know, bring it back around. And then we add other layers, you know, to it because we've already done this reporting already. Right. Right. And so with all the 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 campaigns um, that you guys have done, I'm curious, are there other sports organizations that are kind of on a similar vein to what you guys are doing? Uh, I mean, not on the our level, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I think so, like on the HBCU side, I would say like HBCU game day does a great, you know, job, you know, as far as covering HBCU sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, as far as like our content bubble, I maybe uh, the Shadow League is another one that was like a smaller, smaller operation. But I mean, to be honest with you, like there's, I don't think from top to bottom, there's no other organization like us, you know, that's kind of putting it out, putting it out, you know, the way that we do. Right. So are there, with that said, then are there any campaigns that you guys have done or anyone has done um, around sports, race, and culture, whether it be like a video or some sort of written campaign or just uh, a story in general that kind of sticks out? Like what, is there anyone or anything, um, I guess I'm asking, like what campaigns, have you really enjoyed um, or are you proud of that you guys have put out in the sports realm? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't say the, the sports realm directly, okay. but I mean, we, we, we published a, a, a children's book um, called the fierce 44, which is, um, you know, in honor of Barack Obama, but kind of the 44 influential African-Americans, you know, throughout history, which, it landed on the New York Times bestseller list. We just um, we just produced our first um, EP uh, with with artists such as Knife Wonder and Rhapsody, um, and pretty much was kind of music that pretty much is called music for the movement. Mm-hmm. So basically, we we tapped these artists um, and they kind of created songs based on you know you know like back in the day when like when like with with uh, Sam Cooke or Marvin Gaye right. kind of had those kind of like you know theme political theme songs mm-hmm. and so kind of creating so- those songs um, in the same vein um, and so we we had we just launched that uh, um, about a month or two ago we have another iteration of it um, coming around February during Black History Month um, so that's 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 two things uh, like I said the the uh, the the uh, special we did with Barack Obama on the campus of A and T um, was was another you know big you know feather you know in our cap, um, and I mean I, I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting some other things, but like we we in, in our short time we've produced a lot of like you know home runs, mm-hmm. um, and then hopefully you know with as more resources get, you know, allotted to us, we'll be, we'll be able to create more home runs, you know, in, in the future. But I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, 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 it's any company that's a startup. It's like, you know, you come out, you try to, you know, find, find out what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, so, so sometimes you might have some foul balls and then sometimes, you know, you keep plugging out and you get home runs. And I think like those are a couple of the home runs. I'm sure I'm leaving out, you know, a, a bunch of them, but that's the kind of the things that kind of stick out in my mind at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. But when y'all are when y'all are producing as much as you guys are, especially at the high clip and the high level, like you're not gonna um, have, you're not gonna be able to remember all of it. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like my my brain is fried <laughs> fried right now. I, I mean, know it's, it's holidays it's, coming and everything. Even, even I mean, even removing this year is just like it, it was, it's just been crazy. And then like this year has just been like kind of nonstop. You know, it's just like I can't wait to to next week come when I get like two weeks off. I just like think <laughs> right. Breathe. Right. I, mean, it, it, I mean, it's like, that's the thing that the undefeated is just like, you know, it's like, well, that's what we're here for. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, if stuff is going on that affects our community that needs to be reported, we need to be on top of it and, and letting people know, you know, what the real is. And I think that's what we've done. Um, like, we're, we're, we're a small, very small staff. Um, but, you know, if you look at our content, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. Um, yeah. You know, I think we, we, we are doing a good job. But, you know, sometimes you, you still need that break. You still mm-hmm. need that break. And so, um, I'm sure 2021 is going to be a really busy year for us as we kind of do bigger things, you know, within the Disney network, um, and the Disney family, so to speak. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's just the grind don't stop. So, you yeah. know, you know, in, in this business too, it's just like, you have to take time for yourself because if you don't, you'll get caught up. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's the, 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 the process never ends. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's always something else. So it's like, you just got to take your time because at the end of the day, like I tell, like I tell like my staff, like, look, I know, you know, you working hard and I know, you know, you kind of want to be like that solid worker. It was like, don't be afraid to, you know, ask for time off, mm-hmm. you know, don't be afraid to ask for a break because, you know, if you if, say, if you, if you God forbid pass away tomorrow, and it's like, we're going to be looking for somebody else to replace you. <laughs> Come exactly. back in. So, yeah. you know, it's just like, that's just the business. So, you know, it's just like, don't, don't, like, don't, don't discount your own health, you know, and well being and mental stability, you know, trying to, you know, grind for sake of grinding. Yeah. I think that's healthy that you guys are even talking about that. Cause, like you said, the media world, like, it'll just eat you up if you let it, if you don't pay attention yeah. to it. So, I think rest is just important as the work, yeah. and the work will always be there when you come back. Right. You definitely need to know when to unplug, unplug from the Matrix. For yeah. Real. Um, so before we jump into the next thing, there was something that just kind of popped in my head that I wanted to get your take on. I think it happened last year when um, uh, OBJ was talking to maybe a Washington Post or something, but he mm-hmm. was talking about uh, the double standard that athletes kind of have where um, – People were gonna getting on him for his, uh, you know, uh, his animated like the way he gets excited when he plays, and now he's like, you know, throwing you know, kind of, kind of his, his passion for the game. Yeah, he shows like his passion for the game, and mm-hmm. it gets criticized um, for that. Um, but then I think he like maybe he even put the video together where he was talking about Tom Brady doing the exact same motions and the exact same animation. Right, but yeah, 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 remember that, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So and and so I do that I do think that there's um a double standard in terms of um uh how we view athletes and how we see them as, you know, kind of enraged and things of that nature mm-hmm. versus passionate and winners. And I wonder if you noticed that being in uh the sports media industry like i wonder if is there still a double standard there maybe not as much now but what about when you're at espn uh i mean i mean to be honest with you i i peeped that before i was at espn (laughs) so i mean i mean i've been i've been in the business for over 20 years and 
like when I used to like go out and cover games and then you're in the locker room or you're at practices and you're in the locker room and you, you can, you really can tell these, these white journalists who don't really rock with black athletes. Mm. And you can tell in the way they question them and the tone of their questions and the way they try to like prod them to get like, you know, that perfect sound bite that's going to, you know, make them look bad, but then have everybody tuning in. Mm. And, you know, and I, and I think, you know, that still happens. I mean, like, you know, like you said, like this was just like last year, OBJ is speaking of this, yeah. you know, and, you know, I mean, and, and you see it happening in the coverage, you see the way people, people react, um, you know, to these type of things. Like, like if, if like, like say, say, say we're watching it. Right. Mm-hmm. And say like, like and, and, and it's like, you know, sometimes some players can get a little bit ridiculous, you know, and carried away. But it's like, yeah, I mean, if a player is passionate and he's producing, let him be him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's like, you know, like me and you, the way we grew up, like we used to people, you know, we used to watching people that look like us be passionate and, you know, beat their chest and celebrate and, you know, scream out or even just get mad at themselves, you know, because they messed up in the game, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Not that it's directed toward anybody else. So we understand that. And we understand that that is coming from a place that is not a place of, of that's not negative, you know. Whereas people that don't look like this don't understand, you know, being passionate and talking loud and aggressive and emotional and excited, they look at that as a negative thing, mm-hmm. you know. what I'm saying so they and they cover it the same way. Like I've been in meetings, like working on Sports Center when you know I remember like when To. Was like 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 you know doing his little you know thing and like and most things T and like To like never really disrespected the game right like he he just celebrated the game which is crazy because now now you can do it and it's like it's 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 all good now yeah you know exactly what I mean? like mm-hmm. like it's it's so put like this it's embraced so much they they have dedicated end zone cameras installed so you can run down after you get after you get a turnover and pose and do pictures. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, but like right. when when T.O. was doing it, when he was like, you know, get your popcorn ready, doing like sit-ups in his, you know, in his mm-hmm. driveway. It was like, oh, he's a cancer, blah, blah. Like, how is he a cancer? Like, 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 first of all, he's not doing it in, in the team facility. Like, he, he was doing sit-ups in his own backyard. And the end zone celebrate. Like, okay, yeah, like, like when we, when we do something good, like if we drop, 50 on you, we're going to let you know about it. Exactly. If we score a touchdown, we're going to celebrate that touchdown. That's, that's just our culture. But people don't understand our culture, so it's like, oh, it's a bad thing. You're showing up, so it's, you know, so it's like, it's like it, it goes back into the whole, you know, situation that you brought up earlier. It's like, if you don't have people in the room that look like you, or, I mean, that look like those those athletes, and that can explain what's going on, and give people an education of what's going on, then it's like, yeah, they're going to take it how they want to take it. And I've, and I've been in these meetings where they're crafting these segments to like, oh, like you know, give me, give me a bo, a bad obj, and blah blah blah. blah. Like <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like you are, like you're, you're creating a narrative right there. Yeah, you know, without you know, without him even being able to defend himself, you know what I'm saying? That happens all the time. That I mean, that just didn't happen to ESPN. That happens across the whole sports sports media la- landscape or whatever like that. And I will say, like, I'm, I, I'm glad that I don't have to be in that sort of situation and environment again. Because like that's not what we do here, you know. It's like so like so like yeah, like we will we will celebrate, you know, if 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 we feel well, we will tell the real story if we feel like you know OBJ is getting a bad rap and it's like blah 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 blah. 
what he's doing is just is is is, is tenets of what black people have been doing throughout history. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just haven't paying attention. But then but then on the on the opposite, like it's not like we here just like, you know, to be to kiss the athlete's ass either. Like, you know, like we had a we had a huge in depth piece on just like how how much of a me me first person Antonio Brown is and like how he was a detriment despite how he was like at that time, if not the best wide receivers, one of the best wide receivers in the league. So like, yeah, we we, we will create it. I mean we 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 will we will cover from both angles, but we would do it in a smart, educated way, and in in a way that comes from you know our gaze and not from outsiders' gaze. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, just from an honest, honest point of view, and I think right. that's again, that's what's gonna get. That's what that's what will show that you're authentic is if you just it's because you are showing both sides. Right. So, thinking about kind of the sports world and what's going on now, we kind of have. I think football is kind of coming to an end and we got basketball resurging and things of that nature. Are there any stories that you kind of, or like uh, uh, sports events or things that you kind of get excited about talking about or writing? To be honest with you, it's like events wise. Well, I mean, I'm not a writer, so, you know I mean? I'm I'm mainly just focused on, you know, social content. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's been this year, but it's like, I'm just not really, that excited, you know, for sports like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 like I'm excited. Like, like tonight, I'll, I'll have league pass on. Yeah. I'll have like, I have like three TVs on in my man cave watching three different <laughs> games and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, like, so like, yeah, I'm, I, I will still consume sports content. And it's like, I mean, to be honest with you, it's like the thing, the thing that was crazy to me was like, you know how, like when I guess the mid March. That's when kind of quarantine set in, and you know, people, everybody started working from home, mm-hmm. and there wasn't really any leagues playing and stuff like that. And it was kind of a, a breath of fresh, fresh air to me because I didn't realize how much like I relied on just like watching sports like every oh, single right. day. Yeah, and so it, it gave me opportunity to consume other content and not just be like real tight. And then when sports did come back, I was like, you know, I mean, I'm, it's cool. I'm glad it's back, and I watched it, you know, every day. But it's just like emotionally, I wasn't really like as geeked up for it you yeah. know and that and, and it's like even with like football like i used to like for, with the washington football team i used to like my 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 day and my mood would be determined on how good they played mm-hmm. and now it's like i don't even care like it's like they win cool if not <laughs> it is what it is but then like i'm watching all the other games i'm just you know like like so i enjoy it but i'm i don't think i'm as consumed by by sports and events you know but you know it's like i really I really like my thing is like I like to consume sports in like a social engagement sort of standpoint. So like Super Bowl, Super Bowl parties, like, you know, like you getting together, watching like uh, NBA All-Star Saturday night with the dunk contest and all Mm -hmm. like that. So it's like because we can't do that anymore. I think that has kind of like taken away from like, you know, me looking forward to stuff. And then like I used to travel all over the place to all these events and stuff like that. So that's dead. Mm-hmm. So that kind of has, has taken away a lot right. of the excitement. So like, you know, I, I, I'm still cognizant, you know, of it. And, I, and I'm still like, oh yeah, I know this evening I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch the Wizards play. And, you know, I'm definitely like, you know, Christmas, Christmas uh, day, I'm watching all the NBA games yeah. and, you know, and, you know, and stuff like that. But it's like, I'm not, I don't really just like, Oh, I'm gonna change my schedule, you know, to because I used to do. I used to like I'm not doing nothing if this game is coming on. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? 
I do I do what I got to do and then come back. Like when I catch it, I catch it. So yeah, I think yeah, I think this year. And honestly, that kind of sounds like it sounds like a little bit. Even though it's changed, it sounds a little bit even healthier to have that sort of relationship. With yeah, sports yeah. Too. I mean, it's, it is a little <laughs> bit of a fresh air. <laughs> yeah. Fresh air. Yeah, I will say that. I think yeah, I think this year definitely for me too. I think I didn't realize how much uh, sports was communal. Like it's it's better when you do have like your your friends over and y'all making food and you like make an event out of out of it. It's different right. when you just kind of at home and you just got to watch the full game yeah. and you got nobody to talk to about it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. We may be able to get back to the, you know, back to full form watching next year, but yeah, I don't blame you for having a different relationship with sports now. So, so, uh, I mean, so I think that we covered, we covered a lot. Um, and you know, before we get out of here, I wanted to get your um, recommendations. So I have a recommendation section at the end of every mm-hmm. podcast where, um, if you were to recommend anything for a friend, we've had a ru- we've had a rough year. So if there's anything you could recommend for a friend to do, whether it's like read a certain book, watch a certain movie, it could be related to social justice, related to what y'all are doing. What would you recommend a friend to help get you through the year? I mean, I would just say whatever whatever you do to take time for yourself, make that more of a priority and make that more of a appointment, you know, get, add that to your, you know, your 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 appointment when you like are kind of crafting, you know, your your priorities, have that at 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 the top of your priorities. Um because I just know like for me personally just being inside, you know, all day, every day, and then still like engulfed in, in your workload, it just at some point you just you can really just like feel like you're in a box and trapped, and it's just like you you can't think straight anymore. You know, I know some people have gotten depressed. You know, um, you know, during this time, um, and you know, what I mean, it's like people are still dealing with real life. You know, mm-hmm. like people are still dealing with you know, friends and family members who are, you know, either sick from the coronavirus or, you know, they're dealing with the coronavirus or they've lost loved ones to the coronavirus. And it's just like, at the end of the day, like, if you don't take, like, all this other stuff that consumes you is not, like, necessary, right. <laughs> you know, for your well-being. Mm-hmm. So you have to look out for your own well-being and whatever, however that is. Like, for me, it just took me just, like, working out more, um, going outside for walks um, or just working outside, you know, yeah. taking my laptop on my patio on my deck and just like, you know, just taking in fresh air and, you know, just sitting down and like watching, the, watch, rewatching the wire, mm-hmm. you know, right. and as, as a way to like just unplug. So, I mean, that that's just my thing. It's just like, just, just whatever, whatever works for you to unplug, just do it more often. Mm-hmm. And even if it, even if you can find like a, an hour or two every day, you know, to, you know, you're working at home, like no one's clocking you <laughs> like right. that. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. no, if you took a break, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? So, what, whatever you got to do, focus on you and not who you work for or the job at hand, because that job is always going to be there. That task is still going to be there, mm-hmm. but your mental well-being will not always be there, that's you know? So, so that, that's, that's kind of my advice. That's a fact, man. I, I will second all of that. You know, I think this is a year that I've learned to prioritize my well-being. And I think everybody should, too. So. And, like, and I, I was always one of those people who, 
like you know, I hear people like you know have mental issues and you know mental big need to take time off for yourself. And I like you know, like, I got took it with a grain of salt, and mm-hmm, you know it's mm-hmm. like you know, blah 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 blah. You know, I mean, you, you know, as a you know how men do, like you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's, sensitivity issues and stuff like that. You really don't really put too much thought in. But then it's like this this whole situation is just like you know really opened my mind and just really like yeah, like sometimes you know you really do need like a mental break. Mm-hmm. And you know, just 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 to a clear your mind and and just be. It's like when it got to a point where it's like sometimes like when you work too hard, like that's when your health starts failing and stuff like that, or you just don't feel like yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So and then when I start doing that, taking my time and just like I'm not like oh yeah, I see all these emails coming through. Like oh, yeah, I get to it when I get to it, yeah. and just go out and just worry about yourself for like a little bit, then you feel a hundred percent better. And that's kind of just what what worked for me. I mean, it may not work for other people, but it definitely worked for me. And I and I take it a lot more seriously now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks so much again to Marcus for being able to just offer his time to me. I really appreciated that conversation. He's got his hands in a lot of different things, but uh, feel free to give the undefeated a follow. See what they're doing. I believe it's The Undefeated on Twitter and then The Undefeated ESPN on IG. I'll leave the specifics in the show notes too. We also had a lot of different books and organizations to kind of look into. So I'll also include those in the show notes as well because I think I think those ones are going to be pretty important. Oh, also shout out to my sister Brittany for making the introduction. That was crucial. Uh, without her, this wouldn't even happen. I told y'all, man, just send me some recommendations. We'll try to make it happen if we can. Oh, and it would be disrespectful if I didn't give a shout out to this green tea that I've been drinking while I edit. It's the only thing keeping me up right now, I promise. <laughs> I told y'all I'm tired. <laughs> uh, shout out to our sponsor, Anchor. Y'all tried it yet? And last but not least, shout out to y'all for listening. And again, if there's anything that you ever take away from these podcasts, please, please share these with your friends. We'd love to get more listeners. Uh, we'd love to just keep this conversation going. The more people that are hearing these, the better for both of us. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, feedback, uh, recommendations, or if you just want to be on the podcast too, just let me know. Uh, email me at whatsupasa at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, Savioso, uh, Tim's Pod for the actual podcast. Uh, wherever i'll leave those specifics in the show notes too again appreciate y'all listening and before i go just gotta remind y'all that none of us have any idea what we're doing uh we just become better actors Um, i'll see you next week and with that i pray that y'all stay safe peace